Hello and welcome to Slate Church. We are so happy that you decided to join us, whether you're watching at our nine or our 10.30 live service times or on demand later. We are just so glad that you are checking out this message and this service uh, and just get to take part in what God is doing here at Slate Church. My name is Nate and I'm a site pastor for our Waterloo PM site alongside my wife, Emily. Uh, and we get to serve under our incredible lead pastors, Brandon and Emma Richardson and Luke and Victoria Becker. And on their behalf, we just wanna say a huge welcome home. We're so glad that you're joining us. We're so glad that you've chosen to be a part of uh, what is not just an online service, which is not just something that we watch and consume, but is actually a community that wants to get to know you uh, and get connected with you. Speaking of which, uh, we actually have Connect Cards. Uh, there's gonna be something coming up in the chat right now. So if you're new here at Slate Church or you haven't gotten connected or you just wanna get even deeper connected with uh, some of the people here and what we're doing, we would encourage you to fill out that Connect Card uh, and, and somebody will reach out to you, follow up, and we can get you plugged into our Connect Groups and our teams and all the awesome stuff we have going on. You know, we also have another thing coming up in the chat right now, and that is an invite link because we want to make sure that this isn't just a moment for us, but it's actually for everybody. We want to uh, see your friends and your family and your coworkers and the people in your spheres of influence uh, coming and checking this out and experiencing Jesus through these services. So why don't you click that link right there? It's not too late to invite somebody, send it out to some friends, put it in the group chat, whatever it looks like. We want to uh, see you inviting some people out. Awesome. Well, we're so excited for this Sunday. We're so excited for what God is gonna do. And we're gonna get started right now with a time of worship. Broke all my chains and set me free. 
Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters. Fought with blood and washed in water. Sing the voices of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God. We'll finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. 
This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. You're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. the world but it couldn't fill me men's empty praise and treasures the fate were never enough then you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing that's better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. And I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountains 
is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Lord, there's nothing that's better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you.
Wow, what a powerful time of worship. I'm just so thankful for the incredible teams we have here at Slate Church and just all the hard work our worship team has been putting in to make sure that we can still engage and connect and have an opportunity to worship together even in this season. Uh, you know, as we transition out of this time of worship, we actually want to continue to to worship as we lift up some prayer uh, requests to God and actually pray for some of the needs that are happening in our church right now. You know, there's people in our church who are praying for guidance and clarity uh, for someone as they decide whether or not to pursue a relationship. Somebody's praying uh, about a diagnosis of a rare cancer that was recently received. Uh, he has to go in for chemo and different treatments. Somebody else is praying for healing uh, for a sick grandfather who suffered from a heart attack and has to go through bypass surgery. Somebody else is praying for our pastors in this season, that they would stay encouraged, which I love that people are praying for our pastors, that's so healthy. Somebody else is praying for someone who's been struggling with infertility, praying that they would be able to get pregnant and have a healthy baby. Amen, we pray for that. And somebody else is praying for peace, comfort, and healing for the, for the family uh, and friends of the 13-year-old girl who passed away at Conestogo Lake earlier this week. Come on, this is some heavy stuff, but we know that we serve a God who is greater, a God who is bigger, a God who wants to move in these situations and in these circumstances uh, and actually just uh, reshape our hearts as well and our perspectives as we go through these challenges in life. So why don't we just take a minute right here uh, and pray for these needs. And we also wanna pray for any needs that you might be having. So if you're here today, uh, you're listening, you're tuning in, you know, whether it's live or later, it doesn't matter. Uh, we wanna take an opportunity to pray for whatever you're going through. So we just ask, hey, wherever you are, why don't you just stretch out a hand if that's you, if you need some prayer right now. Uh, and if you're somebody who, who's comfortable praying for these other needs, why don't you stretch out another hand and we can begin to pray together. God, I just thank you so much that you're a good God. I thank you that you wanna move in our situations. I thank you that you are alive and active. And I just pray right now that you would just begin to heal people, Lord God, that we would just see healing uh, for all these different sicknesses and illnesses that people are facing. We would just see healing of broken hearts of people who are mourning and, and who have suffered loss, Lord God. I just pray for encouragement uh, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, a sense of security and, and purpose for, for those who are struggling during the season, Lord Jesus. We just lift all of these needs up to you, trusting that you are bigger, that you are greater, that you are above our situations and our circumstances, that you are moving and that you actually want to get a hold of us in a real way. That you actually want to transform things in our lives, that you actually can heal broken bodies and heal broken hearts and shift our perspectives and our attitudes and align them with your purposes and your will for our life. We lift all of this up to you, Lord Jesus, in your name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, don't we serve such a fantastic God? Oh man. I love that we get to lift these things up in prayer, but we also get to celebrate the great things that God is doing and praise him for what he already has done. You know, we want to praise him. Uh, we're so thankful that somebody has the opportunity to see their connect group now. We can meet in person. It's so nice getting to see our connect groups, getting to gather together safely, but actually see other people just feel so good. Someone else is thankful for a chance to hang out with friends from church. I'm sensing a theme here. Somebody else is thankful that their nephew has accepted Jesus in his heart. Amen. I just love hearing stories of people's eternities changed forever. Somebody else is thankful for the amazing friends they can have deep conversations with. It's so important to surround yourself with great people. Somebody else is thankful for the leaders in the church who have led through the season so well. Come on, isn't that awesome? And hey, if you're here today and you're saying, hey, I have a need, I, I have something that I need prayer for, uh, you know, we just want to encourage you. There's a couple things you can do. If you're watching live in our 9 or our 1030 services, uh, there's actually going to be a live prayer link coming up in the chat. You can click that and have somebody pray with you, one of our leaders in a private chat, which is awesome. Uh, and, and we also want to encourage you to go to our Slate Church website, uh, slatechurch.com slash prayer, and there you can fill out a 
prayer request. Uh, and this just allows some of our leaders in our church to pray over these needs throughout the week and allows us to lift up these needs as a community on Sundays. And we would love to come alongside you, support you in whatever you're going through and be praying for you and celebrating and praising with you. Awesome. Well, now we want to continue in our worship uh, and continue in uh, giving all the glory to God uh, as we talk about our giving. So I want to give a huge welcome to Pastor Jared as he comes up for our giving talk today. Well, hey, let's take a look at Hebrews 12 verse 28. It says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And you know that uh, actually giving in this moment of generosity is an act of worship. As we release what we have back to God, this is a way that we can worship God. And I want to just ask the question today, what's the posture of your heart? What's the attitude of your heart as we give? Are you, uh, do you have a heart attitude that is maybe a little bit reluctant, maybe a little bit frustrated, maybe just kind of this demeanor of, okay, I'll give because I know I have to, or because somebody told me, or because I'm afraid of what'll happen if I don't. Or is your heart attitude, is your posture towards giving today one of expectation, one of awe, one of gratitude as we give back to God? The Bible talks about God loves a cheerful giver. Is our heart full of cheer as we give? With an expectation knowing, hey, God can actually do so much with what I'm willing to release back to Him. So I just want to challenge you in that. I want to encourage you in that today. I, I realized this week, I just leaned over to my wife, Beth, at some point. And I said, hey, are we, we're still tithing, right? That's still coming out of our bank account. And she's like, yeah, it's automatic. It just comes out. But um, as great as that is, that it's automatic and it comes out, I realized I had to check my heart to say, hey, have I actually been like active in my giving? Have I, what's my heart been at? Have I been giving with an expectation that God is actually gonna do something with this? Have I been giving with uh, a knowledge even of what I'm giving back to God to say, God, I wanna release this to you? Or am I kind of just going through the motions? And I just wanna challenge you in that today. I wanna encourage you, hey, God can do so much with what you'll release to him. And so as we do that, let's give with a cheerful heart. Let's give with uh, a level of awe and of gratitude to what God has already given back to us and expectation of what he's gonna do with what we release to him. But let's pray for our giving today. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give back to your church. We thank you so much, uh, God, that you have invited us to be a part of building your church uh, through this small act of obedience and releasing our finances to you, God. So I pray that our hearts today would do that with a level of expectation for what you're gonna do, God, with an excitement, with an, a passion of what you can do as we are obedient, as we release to you already what you've given to us. We love you, and we just ask all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Pastor Jared. Hey, we just wanna take a minute right here and uh, encourage you to say hello to somebody. Uh, why don't you turn to somebody you're watching with, maybe you're at one of our watch parties, uh, maybe you're just at home, wherever you are, why don't you turn, say hello to somebody. If you're not around anybody, why don't you shoot a text out, uh, send a message to the group chat, reach out to a friend, uh, post something in the comments down here. Why don't you just connect with somebody, say hello, let somebody know that you love them, that you're thinking about them, uh, and that you're so happy to be in church with them this morning. Awesome. Well, hey, we have a lot of great stuff going on here at Slate Church right now. Uh, just a couple things I want to highlight. I, I want to highlight our forum summer series happening right now. Our forum podcast right now is happening once a week on Wednesdays. It's our summer series. It's incredible content. I would encourage all of you to go subscribe. If it's on iTunes, if you're on Spotify, because like you're cool and modern and they're all getting into podcasts. I don't know where you find this stuff, but uh, wherever it is, I want to encourage you go subscribe to the forum, get listening to that. Uh, and, and I also want to uh, 
let you know about a couple other things we have going on. Uh, one of the amazing things that we do every single week is our prayer mornings. These are happening every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. I know it's early, it's very early, but it is such an incredible time to stop, to pause, to connect with God, to reflect on Him, to pray over the needs that are in our church and in our community, uh, and just recenter ourselves, really. Um, it's an incredible time. We're getting, you know, like 50 people coming out onto a Zoom call at 6.30 a.m. It's craziness, but we'd love to have you join that. Honestly, it makes a huge difference in your week. Uh, just like communion, which happens on Fridays at noon. It's another great moment of just pausing and reflecting and I think it's important to know that communion isn't just something we do. It's not just an event, but there's actually something sacred about communion. It is some, there's something holy about communion. It's something that we're commanded to do in the Bible as Christians and as believers. Uh, and it's something that I think is really important for all of us in our faith to actually prioritize and be at. So I'd love to see you at communion. It's another Zoom call at noon on Fridays. It's only like 15 minutes. Well, hey. Some great stuff going on with our church. We've already had a fantastic morning with worship with that incredible giving talk. Uh, and I'm so excited to get into the message today. Uh, we have an incredible speaker. It is our very own Pastor Emma. She's gonna be delivering a great word. So why don't you get your notebooks ready? Why don't you uh, focus in, get prepared, get your pens, get your pencils, whatever you need uh, to make sure that you get this content down. We're ready and expecting for an amazing message. Well, hey, Slate Church. I hope that you are having an awesome day. What a great service so far. Uh, why don't you just take a second, say hi to someone around you. Maybe you're watching with people uh, today. Why don't you say hello? I know you had a chance to do this earlier in the service, but maybe you didn't take it. Maybe you're just like, oh yeah, that's nice that people are sending a text to somebody they know or saying hi to do it right now, okay? Uh, get comfortable, settle in. We have an awesome message that I believe God has given me to speak to you today. So I'm really excited to get into this uh, with you. So why don't you open up Acts chapter 10. Check out Acts chapter 10. It says this starting in verse nine. It says about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Once again, I am sitting myself in Acts and this is a little bit further into this start of the early church. And uh, right now Peter is traveling and he, he's preaching the word of God and he goes up on this roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. You see, at the same time, there's a man named Cornelius and he has sent for Peter. He's a Gentile man. He has sent for Peter and the men he sent arrive at this time. As soon as this vision is over, as soon as he comes out of this trance, these men arrive and Peter goes back with them to Cornelius's house. He doesn't hesitate. He knows something is up, something is shifted and he goes back to Cornelius's house. You see, Cornelius wasn't Jewish, and this would have been very strange that Peter would have gone to his house. Uh, uh, but he also wasn't paganistic. He was interested in this way, this Jesus way, and what was happening here. But for Peter to actually say yes and go, that would have been a bit of a stretch before this vision 
took place. Jumping down to verse 27, it says, while talking with them, with him to Cornelius, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. This was at Cornelius's house. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit with a Gentile. Like I'm breaking the law by being here with you today. But God has shown me. Isn't that such an amazing statement? I love that. But God has shown me. Are we willing to allow God to show us the things that we need to change and develop in in our lives? But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Jumping to verse 34, it says this. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. He then goes on to share the gospel with these people that are present with him in the room. He preaches, he gives a powerful message, and they agree that they have heard this good news about Jesus. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. This is in verse 44. Verse 45, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter, these Jewish believers who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. One more quick verse in 1 Peter 3.15. So this is Peter writing this book here. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Why don't we pray together this morning, church, or this afternoon, or this evening, whenever you're watching this, whether it's on a Sunday or it's on demand, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come together, to gather virtually, Lord, and to hear from your word. I just pray you would speak through me in such a clear way and you would impact hearts today that would just have such an impact outside of ourselves. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you are taking notes today, why don't you write down this title, Get Up and Go. Get up and go. You know, I wonder when I say the word evangelism, what do you think about? No, really, take a moment and and just stop and think. When I say evangelism, what comes to mind for you? Is it uh, telling people about Jesus? Is it this idea that, okay, that's not for me? Is it that it's someone yelling on a street corner, like repent and be saved? Is it, um, you know, signs up in a farmer's field uh, while you're driving along a country road that have some sort of scripture verse on it? Um, Is it this idea of actions, not words, and and it's how we act, it's not what we actually preach? Is it uh, for people who are open and asking for it? That's who we evangelize to. Is that what evangelism is? Is it a calling for all Christians? Is it a calling for some Christians? What do you think about when I say evangelism? You know, I think our lack of understanding of evangelism can actually lead to a lack of seeking and a lack of revelation. And what that actually creates is this apathy towards evangelism, this kind of uh, feeling like, "Mm, yeah, that's a thing, but it's maybe not my thing. You see, evangelism in its purest form, in its simplest form, is sharing the message of Jesus Christ. It's sharing this good news. It's sharing the gospel with other people. You know, and sometimes I think that our past experiences surrounding this idea of talking about Jesus with others and sharing this good news actually reduces our revelation of how incredible it is that we get to do this and that we have this hope to actually pass on to others. You know, I know for myself, 
that when I go to share about Jesus with other people or even invite someone to church, I tend to get nervous. Uh, like I'm talking like palms sweating, heart beating, uh, what's about to happen. It feels high stakes. It feels like what could go on here. And I think that this actually comes out of my own personal uh, uh, background of, of assuming that people don't necessarily always want to hear this message, that maybe someone's going to react poorly, that maybe they're going to reject me, that maybe they're going to reject this message that I care so deeply about. Maybe the situation's going to get awkward and I won't know what to say and they won't know what to say and, uh, you know, they're going to feel interrupted. And there's all of these thoughts that I uh, assume onto the situation and it actually can lead to just being stagnant and being stuck. You see, assumptions in general just make us stuck where we are. And we have to two things that we need to do about it. We need to let them go and move forward or we need to actually become curious about it. And both of those options are much better than staying stuck in this area of assuming the worst when it comes to people's openness towards hearing about Jesus. You see, for many of us, passive evangelism seems to be the way that we reconcile these assumptions. You know, this is posting on social media, which is, is good. Passive evangelism is good, but I want to talk a little bit about strategic evangelism here. But posting on social media, being kind to other people, you know, John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone know, will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Like, look at this. I'm loving people. That is my form of evangelism. That is enough. But listen, church, we cannot grow home blind to this, the many, many verses that talk about active strategic evangelism, where we're actually verbalizing this good news of Jesus, where we're actually sharing the gospel with the people around us. It can be so easy to go, that's not for me, but that's actually problematic to our faith because this desire to share this good news of Jesus is significant for us. We have to live in the reality that what Jesus said still rings true. In Matthew 9, 37, he ta he's talking to his disciples. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Guess what, church? We are the laborers. The harvest is still plentiful. People are still searching. People are still seeking. But our insecurity, our uncertainty can hold us back from actually preaching this good news and actually just sharing and having deep dialogue and communication with people about Jesus. You see, when this Jesus move movement was spreading, it was obvious that Jesus wanted this message to spread across the entire earth, beyond Jerusalem. In Acts 1.8, he says, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is going out to everyone. But in order for this message to reach people of all places and all spaces, Peter, the leader of the disciples, needed a revelation of who this message was for. Maybe you're tuning in today and you need a revelation of who this message of Jesus is for because it doesn't stop with us. It doesn't stop in Jerusalem. It doesn't stop amongst Christians. It has to reach out to the ends of this earth. You see, up until this point of what we just read, Peter has been preaching this message, but he has been preaching it to Jewish people. He has been kind of isolating this message to Jerusalem, to the Jews. And Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is coming and saying, no, this message is for everyone. Don't limit the spread of this good news because you have uh, uh, thoughts and, and things going on that are keeping you from sharing it. 
So we have this miraculous thing take place and Peter has a vision of the, this sheep coming down with all of these animals and there's this uh, voice saying, get up, kill and eat. Get up and go, Peter. Get up and see what I have here. And Peter's like, what are you talking about? These things are unclean. I have never done that before. I'm not, I, I follow the rules. And the Lord is saying to him, don't call something unclean that I have made clean. And we might be going, what the heck is going on here? What are you talking about? What is happening? You know, it's important to know the backstory of this a little bit. The the um, Jewish uh, faith, the, the, um, the law that was given to the Jews, to the Israelites in the Old Testament, talks about animals that are clean and unclean. And this law was given because there was no way for the people, for God's chosen people to have relationship with him because of the sin and the brokenness that was there. You see, when Jesus came, he died and rose again so that he could actually make a way for a relationship between a perfect God and a broken people. And we get to live in that, uh, that lens of history today. We get to see that. But before that, there was a law that was given so that the people might be clean in order to come to God, in order to have relationship with God. And Peter, this Jewish man, followed this law, continued to follow this law. So he's not going to eat these animals that the law says that he can't eat. But the Lord is giving him this vision to say, listen, you have had this idea that Jewish people are the only people that this message is meant for, but I need to wipe that clean because I have called the Gentile, the other person, those out side of those chosen people from the Old Testament also to have this word preached to them and I want to do it through you. See, for many of us, we might not have this legalistic idea of who should and shouldn't hear the gospel, but we may have apathetic ones a general indifference of who we need to evangelize to. This person, yes, this person, no. And we need to learn from this with Peter that he was willing to go into Cornelius' house. He was willing to go into the places that he otherwise wouldn't have occupied. We need to get a fuller understanding and picture of what evangelism looks like and what holds us back from it today if we are going to be effective and not grow home blind and comfortable in where we're at now. So the first thing we need to do if we are going to rise up to preach the word boldly, to love others in genuine name, ways, to share the name of Jesus, to have authentic dialogue with people. It's not just about preaching at them, it's about talking with them. Uh, if we need to grow in our awareness of this, the first thing we need to do is we need to check our bias. We need to check our bias, you can write that down. You see, Peter had a bias against the Gentiles. Although he knew the message was for everyone, uh, Jesus had made that pretty clear. He didn't really think that the message was for them. I mean, there were laws against this. This was not something he could just easily uh, transition over to. He just didn't believe that it was for them. You see, all of us carry bias inside of us. If anything, we should be made aware of this surrounding the Black Lives Matter conversation that we've been having over the past several months as a church and definitely as a society. We all carry bias in some way or another. And this applies when it comes to sharing our faith as well. You see, as human beings, we categorize people very quickly when we come in contact with them. We judge them and we categorize them. And in some ways this can be helpful, but in other ways this can be very unhelpful because oftentimes we do this subconsciously. And this categorization happens in two ways. It happens situationally and it happens based on personality. And, and one example that we can look at this uh, as is, is when we're driving in our vehicles. You know, I, I know that uh, Victoria coming from Sweden, she's like, 
people around here get angry when they are in their car. This is where they let out their emotional anger when it comes to uh, driving in Canada. And how many of us know that this is true? Uh, have you ever grumbled under your breath by a bad driver or someone being frustrated? Have you ever laid on the horn? Have you ever been on the receiving end of someone laying on the horn towards you? It's like we get in our cars and we just let out all of the pent up anger because we are just too polite as Canadians. Maybe that's the situation. But you can see this uh, categorizing people when it comes to road rage or driving in the car. For some of us, we immediately go to their personality. That person's a jerk. That person is a terrible driver. That person shouldn't be on the road. That person, uh, and we, we actually create judgment calls and categorize them based on uh, their actions. And we say, well, that must link into their personality. We can also do this situationally. You know, I, I often say to Brandon, when someone goes speeding past us, as they almost always do on the 401, I always say to him, I'm like, just imagine for a second, babe, because he maybe gets a little bit annoyed with them. I'm like, just imagine that there's a, a woman in labor in that vehicle and they just have to get to the hospital. Looking at the situation, categorizing based on the situation, they just have, they are speeding to the hospital. In which he replies uh, uh, very validly, he's like, wow, uh, there's just a really high percentage of women in labor in mediocre sports cars on uh, the 401. So I, I get that that uh, situation may not always be key. But we can make excuses for why people are not interested in the gospel message or why we shouldn't or couldn't share it. And we create biases around situations and around people uh, in our minds, often subconsciously. Well, that person, they're just a little bit uh, of a jerk. Their personality just doesn't seem like they would be interested in Christianity. They are, uh, they're someone that's super powerful. So why would they want this message of Christianity? Or that person is just, they're just a little strange to me. So I don't know if I'm the right person to connect with them when it comes to this Christian faith. We can judge the personality and make a decision in, in a snap second judgment that we actually aren't going to reach out to them, that we aren't going to show God's love, that we aren't going to talk about Jesus with them because, because of their personality. We can also do this situationally. Why is this person at this restaurant that is serving me right now going to want to hear about this message of Jesus? You know, my family member, they are so busy. They don't have time for church. So if I have a son put that on them, that's just gonna stress them out more and their situation just doesn't work for it right now. Maybe in a few years, I could talk to them. Or maybe if the situation arose and all of the stars aligned and everything came together perfectly, then I can maybe share the name of Jesus. But I don't want to be offensive and I don't want to uh, uh, change up their situation too much. You see, our perceptions of people actually determine whether or not we will share the gospel with them. And I don't know where we got the idea that we get to decide this, that that power is all of a sudden in our hands, that we get to make that judgment call and have these biases and carry this around of who we get to share the gospel with and who we don't. We put a lot of power into our own hands when Jesus has said, go and preach the gospel to the whole world. Go and preach this good news to everyone. You see, our bias, whether conscious or subconscious, needs to be addressed if we are going to be effective. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this to us just as he did to Peter so many years ago if we're gonna be effective in the calling that God has given us. The next thing we need to do if we're gonna be effective in evangelism and not grow home blind, not grow apathetic, is we need to check our excuses. And I'm just gonna point out two today. There could be a lot of excuses when it comes to this, but I'm just gonna point out two quickly. And the first one is this, it's not my gift. Evangelism is not my gift. You see, sometimes we fundamentally believe that we are excused from uh, sharing the, uh, who Jesus is 
to others because it isn't our gift. And you might be thinking, listen, Emma, I even have a verse for this that I can prove to you that this isn't my gift and I don't need to do this. It says in Ephesians 4.11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body uh, of Christ may be built up. Like, look at this. There are five, this is the fivefold gifts of ministry. That's what this would be called. And evangelist is one of them. And I'm not that. I am not an evangelist. And yes, there are people who are directly called to be evangelists. But what I have to say to that is, listen, I'm not a chef, but I still cook for my family. I'm not an environmental scientist, but I still recycle and watch my water consumption. I, I'm not a singer, but I still sing. And my connect group knows this uh, when we meet together to watch these um, services online. I still sing my heart out and listen, it's not pretty. I think it's more distracting than anything. But listen, we have to be, be careful that we don't make an excuse for ourselves because of semantics. We can't look at the gospel from an exclusive perspective, but we actually need to look at it from an inclusive perspective. That we aren't sitting on the bench with this, we're actually in the game, playing the game. You so, see, it says in 1 Peter 3.15, we've read this earlier, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give a reason for the hope that we have. We actually need to pre be prepared. We actually need to do the work. We can't just push it off as though this is not uh, my area of expertise. This is not something that I need to be a part of. We always have to be prepared. Another excuse that we can have is I'm insecure and I can't talk to people. Like I can't even imagine talking to people about Jesus. That feels so awkward. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about politics and we don't talk about money. That is the Canadian way. Listen, we may be Canadians, but we also operate and live in a different kingdom. We are also Christians and we have to start living our lives through that perspective and that viewpoint. God knows who you are. Don't allow insecurity to become a place of pride in your life. 1 Corinthians 1.17, I love what Paul writes here because Paul uh, was not a guy that was so um, uh, powerful and, and, and walked into a space and just commanded every attention. He says this, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. It is not about you. The power doesn't come from you. If it's an awkward moment, that's okay because it's actually not about you. The cross of Christ has so much power. Sometimes we believe and we take on that we have to save people. That is not the case. Our job is to share the good news of Jesus and then the Holy Spirit actually works in people's lives and they get to make a choice. It's not about us convincing or us saving or we're a better Christian if we've led someone to know Jesus or we're a better Christian if we bring five friends out to church. It's just about being open and saying, this isn't about me, this is about Jesus. You see, Paul actually recognizes the benefit of not being talented by human standards. If you don't feel so talented right now as you're watching this, that's a great thing. Neither did Paul. Neither did the person who planted so many churches and, and wrote most of the New Testament. He also didn't feel so talented. But we need to allow our insecurity or belief that our ability is less to only shine the good news of Jesus in a greater degree. I encourage you to start small with this. Think it through, practice. This might sound ridiculous, but this is getting 
prepared. This is actually being prepared to share this good news. I remember when we had our launch team and we were starting Slate Church several years ago, we would actually practice inviting people out to church in front of the rest of the launch team. Uh, for many of you, that is the most cringeworthy situation. For me, that's a cringeworthy situation. And I stand up in front of people all the time. But we recognize that if we could do it in front of an audience in a simulated situation where it felt really awkward, we could invite people anywhere that we go. It's important to think about this, to practice this, to talk about this, to have conversations with other Christians. How do you talk to people? How do you bring this up? Because we need to know that this is such an important piece of our faith to actually share this good news of Jesus. Maybe you've shared a post on social media this week. That's fantastic. What about DMing it to somebody that you know might be interested in tuning in? Why not go the step further? Why not think through strategy on how you can actually talk about Jesus with the people in your life? You don't have to have a degree in theology. Your personal testimony is more than enough to share this good news of Christ. And again, it doesn't have to be talking at people. It's talking with people. What do you think about Jesus? Hey, do you, you know, do you have any faith in Christ? Get curious with people. It's not about you having the answers. It's about opening up the door of conversation. And the third is this. The third thing, if we're going to stay away from being apathetic and home blind to evangelism as a church, we need to check our, res our, our revelation. You know, oftentimes we can feel like uh, no one is asking, so why should I be sharing? No one's asking me, so why should I be sharing this? You know, in 1 Peter 3.15 that you just read, it says, be prepared to give an answer so that when people ask about, about it, then, then you're ready to share about the hope that you have. Nobody is asking me, so therefore I don't need to share it. You know, I wonder if no one is asking you because your light is just so bright and they're just trying to, to be polite and not, not uh, be awkward about it. And I, or I wonder if people is, are, are not asking you because you're not shining and sharing that light that you have. You're not actually uh, uh, walking into a space and having it better because you are there and you carry that uh, light of the Holy Spirit within you? Are you shining on the people around you? Or have you covered that up and are just trying to hide and shrink back and your revelation has kind of fallen to the wayside of who Jesus is and this message of grace and this message of hope that we don't deserve but we get to be a part of? You know, we had a couple over several weeks ago and they were just sharing how they had been to a friend's house recently to meet their good friend's uh, new girlfriend. And they walked into this space and they'd never met her before and there were several other people there. And they said she was just so, uh, uh, so joy-filled. She was asking them questions about their day and their week. And th she was saying, I'm so glad to meet you. And, and she was uh, being really curious about their lives. And they're like, who is this person? Who does this? Usually there's awkward small talk and, and we don't actually get anywhere. But there was depth to the conversation. And they said that both of them walked away from that interaction, from that time hanging out. And they're like, she must be a Christian. She must be a Christian. And uh, they actually had exchanged numbers. So they t sent her a text and said, hey, is there any chance that you're a Christian? And she responded back and she said, yes, actually I am. She had just moved to the area. And she said, I'm actually checking out this thing called Slate Church. What a funny connection to have take place there. And, and that they're actually going to the same church, but they didn't know it because we haven't been in person for quite some time, but they were able to connect over that. But I love so much how it was so tangible and obvious that she was a Christ follower because that light shone so deeply inside of her and came out over the people and the spaces that she occupied. What an incredible thing 
This is what it's called, what it looks like when we have a deep revelation of who Jesus is and what that actually means in the spaces that we occupy. I wonder, is the Holy Spirit so evident in your life that when you are around people, his light shines on, not just yours, that we actually can see that Jesus is inside of us, that we have that hope. Is it tangibly different? You see, when Peter shared the good news to the Gentiles in Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit fell and these people were different. The circumcised believers, the Jews, they were astonished that what they were seeing. How in the world could this God who had chosen the Israelites in the Old Testament actually be falling on the Gentiles? But this was breaking open a whole new thing, that when we have this revelation, we recognize that this message of Jesus is not just for the, the perfect, the worked out, the figured out, the people who look the part, the people who wear cool clothes, the people who have it all together, the people who are so confident. That is not who this message of Jesus is for. This message of Jesus is for the brokenhearted. It is for the messed up. It is for the jacked up. It is for the drug addict. It is for the person who is angry at their spouse most of the time. It is for the person in the midst of an affair. It is for the person who feels that no one actually cares about them. This message of Jesus is for them. And if church, we are not willing to go into the spaces and to deepen our revelation and actually recognize that there are people who desperately need this message of Jesus, if we are not willing to go to the Gentiles, so to speak, we are robbing the spirit of its power. We need to recognize that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the church. We are the answer. No one else is coming. Let that sink in. The people in your life need you to actually be willing to be awkward for a minute, to push aside some insecurity, to get a deeper revelation that we are saved by grace. Let's not take our past and our history for granted. If you grew up in the church, don't take that as a free pass of, well, I just was born into a great family. Let's not forget where we came from and the grace of God so that we can actually extend that to people around us. This message of Jesus is for everyone. We need to get up and go. You see, it's easy to grow home blind in this area of evangelism. Our worlds become small. We make excuses. We feel like our family knows we're a Christian. Our friends know we're a Christian. If they were interested, then they would talk to us about it. But our community cannot just be our church family. And our uh, uh, assumptions cannot hold us back from the potential that Jesus wants to bring out in the people in our lives. Just like Peter, are we willing to be open and having these belief systems that are in place and likely subconscious flipped on their head? Peter was carrying a bias. He had excuses and he had a lack of revelation for the Gentiles. But when the Holy Spirit revealed to him, he stepped out in obedience immediately. Those men showed up and he went with them to this Gentile's house. It was against the law. It wasn't what he should have been doing, but he acted immediately. And you see in chapter 11, the next chapter over, we see that when he gets back to Jerusalem, the Jewish believers really criticize him for this. What are you doing going with these unclean people, these Gentiles, these people, what are you talking about? The, you see, sharing the good news of Jesus might not be accepted by everyone. I know this. There are people who block my posts on social media, mostly Christians, all Christians, because they don't want an in-your-face kind of gospel. There are people who uh, don't like that we are pastors of a thriving church. There are people who criticize what we're doing. There's a lot of encouragement too, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to play a victim here. But you are going to face criticism. And honestly, for, for me, it's mostly from Christians, which just seems ridiculous. 
But let's be like Peter, who calmly shares the revelation that Jesus gave to him, that God gave to him with these other Jewish believers, that shares about the Holy Spirit falling, that lets them know. Because truth is hard to argue with. You see, evangelism is something we can grow home blind to, but not something that we should. This is literally our commission as Christians to reach a broken world with the good news of Jesus that saved us, broken people. If you've been a Christian for a long time and you struggle with this, know that it is not too late to get this on the forefront. Peter slipped up in this. In Galatians 2, later on, Paul calls out Peter for pushing Jewish customs on the Gentiles, for pushing Jewish law on the Gentile people. And, and, and Paul's like, don't do that. Like, that's not okay. That's not this message that God gave us to, to share. That's not the point of all of this. He reminds him of the grace of God, the necessity for Christ to die because we couldn't be saved by the law. He reminds Peter of this. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a perfect track record. You don't have to feel like, oh, I know exactly how to do this. You can make mistakes with this, but let's be constantly growing in this and not stagnant. You see, this same message that Paul reminded Peter of so many years ago is the same message I give to you today. And maybe you're watching this and you're tuning in and someone invited you and you're like, what is this thing that I'm listening to? Really, the gospel is a simple message that Jesus came and died on a cross for all people. Whether uh, you're good or you consider yourself bad, you've messed up, you've, you've screwed up, every single one of us is broken. All fall short of the glory of God. All of us do. But the gospel is a message for you that Jesus came, he died for you that you could be saved by grace. Nothing that you do, but that you are clean in the sight of him and you can have relationship with God. It's an incredible, incredible message. And if you're watching this today and you're like, I need that, I want that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's doing something inside of you. If your heart is beating a little faster right now, that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is drawing you right now. If that's you, I just wanna pray for you. If you wanna make a decision to follow Jesus today, why don't you in the comment section just click the button saying, I, I, I'm raising my hand. That's just an outward expression as we're in this online season. But if that's you, I just wanna pray for you right now. Why don't we close our head and bow our eyes. Jesus, thank you so much that you would come and die on this cross, that we could be saved by you saved by grace, not about our works, not about what we do, that doesn't get us into heaven, but relationship with you comes from a recognition that you are God. We believe it today, God. We recognize it, we thank you, and we pray that you would take our sins. In your name, amen. Amen, congratulations, what an incredible decision you just made. I'm so happy for you. In just a minute, you're gonna get more information about that, but very quickly, I wanna talk to uh, uh, those who would say I'm a Christian, on this, uh, on this service today. Evangelism is for all of us. Let's not grow apathetic to this good news of Jesus and who God is calling us to reach. Don't let our bias, our excuse, our lack of revelation to keep us from sharing the good news of Jesus. We need to ask him for help. If you are willing to grow in this area, why don't you right now in your head just make a commitment to that? Just start to, to close your eyes even right where you're at, and just to ask the Holy Spirit to actually grow you in this area, to start opening your eyes. 
Honestly, in, in this season of online church, it can be so easy to grow apathetic. It can feel like I'm not seeing people, I'm not talking to people the same way. It feels inauthentic to send a text, but start asking the Holy Spirit to reveal ways that you can actually reach out to the people around you. Because honestly, church is more accessible than it ever has been before. That's one of our values as a church, that it would be accessible, this good news of Jesus would be accessible for all. And it is, it's clicking a link. It's so simple. So I wanna pray for you today if you're saying, hey, that's me. I need, to, I need to grow in this. I've been apathetic and I need to grow in this area of evangelism, sharing this news of Jesus. I wanna pray for you. God, I thank you for every person who is seriously praying and asking today that they would have their eyes open to ways that they can grow in this, Lord. I pray that we would not be apathetic when it comes to reaching people, God. I pray that we would not be uh, growing comfortable and laid back when it comes to seeing the mission that you have given us, Lord. I pray that our eyes would be open today, that we would see all people, and we would see the love that you have for them, and we would love others by talking to them about you by actually having a dialogue, by actually being curious, by not allowing pride and awkwardness and, and excuses to get in the way, God, but let us have a deep revelation of who you are, what you've done for us, and, and help us to have inroads into the lives of people around us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, listen, church, I have a challenge for you this week, and it is this, talk to someone about Jesus. Talk to someone about Jesus, invite them to church, do something when it comes to sharing this good news of Jesus and moving someone along on this journey of finding Christ. Think about who that can be. Send them a message, give them a phone call, do something that you are actually putting yourself out of that comfort zone and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna rely on you and talk to somebody about Jesus. And I wanna leave you one more time with this verse of 1 Peter 3:15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Let's be prepared, church. Get prepared. Think about it in advance. How can I do this? How can I love people? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason of the hope that you have. Have a great day, church. Wow, what an incredible message. Can we just thank Pastor Emma in the comment section for that one? That was fantastic. Uh, really, really incredible. Hey, if you, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus for the first time, we just want you to know that that's not the uh, end of a journey, but it's actually just the beginning of a journey. That decision is the start of an incredible life with Christ, but it's not something that's meant to be done alone. It's meant something that's meant to be done in community with people coming alongside you and supporting you. So I just want to encourage you, if you made that decision today, if you raised your hand and said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, uh, fill out a connect card. Tell somebody that you trust. Tell somebody you know who's involved with church here. Uh, let somebody know that you made that decision so that we can come alongside you as a church, we can support you, and we can give you the resources and encouragement that you need to continue on in this journey of faith. And if you're here today and maybe you've been coming out for a while, you've maybe started tuning in online or even checking out uh, Slate Church before we went online uh, and you haven't really gotten involved yet, you're not on a team, you don't even really know what that would look like right now, you're not in a connect group, you're not so sure, uh, I just wanna encourage you, take that step, get connected. 
uh, fill out a connect card, come to Next Steps, which is just a Zoom call we're gonna have right after this service for, for anybody who wants to learn a little bit more about faith and a little bit more about our church. Uh, but, but take that next step, actually take a step to get involved. It really, church is not meant to just be something you consume, it's meant to be a community you're a part of. And we really, really uh, wanna see you be a part of this community and would love to have you uh, get a little bit deeper connected and more involved with what we're doing. Hey, it has been a fantastic morning in church. We're just so thankful that you would join us here today uh, and so excited for you to have a fantastic week. Go to this place encouraged and filled up. Uh, so we're just gonna pray and we're gonna close. God, I just thank you so much for this amazing day in church. I just thank you for every single person who's tuning into this right now. Uh, I just pray that you'd be with us as we head into the rest of our weeks, Lord God, that we would just be encouraged and inspired, that we would take the messages uh, from Pastor Emma today and from this Home Blind series, and we would be able to apply them to our lives, uh, and that we would be able to take our next step in our faith with you. Pray this in your name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, hey, it's been a fantastic week in church. I would also encourage you to check our social media. We are doing weekly challenges with our Home Blind series. We don't want you to miss out on that. Check out our Home Blind challenge. It'll be on social media later this week. And if you're a family here, if you have young kids, uh, don't forget about Slate Kids. It's going to be coming up right after this. So stick around. Uh, we'd love to get you connected. Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Hi, Slay Kids. Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now.